Hi, it's Corey Chambers in Los Angeles. Your home sold, guaranteed, or I'll buy it. Thanks for taking a minute to listen in. In a moment, I'll share with you some valuable information about this topic. Douglas Lofts in downtown Los Angeles. And we'll also rant about sex, religion, politics, and real estate. If you see any properties that are of interest to you, let us know. We will gladly send you a property information packet on any loft, condo, or house, or private previews available upon request. If you have a home you'd like to sell, you should know that I will guarantee the sale of your present home at a price acceptable to you, or I'll buy it for cash. This guarantee will allow you to buy your next home without worrying about selling your present home. To find out how much you could sell your home for, call me at 213-880-9910. So as many predicted, we have a presidential election that is a toss-up and requires probably court cases and riots and time to sort out uh, probably probably will require the Supreme Court maybe more than one Supreme Court case to sort it out and uh, just a moment watch out for this vicious killer he's obviously very aggressive <laughs> He <laughs> seems kind of paralyzed. Okay, ready? Okay. All right. So, back to the election. Well, <clears throat> I was going to talk about um, two plans of action. One, if Biden comes out the winner, and one, if Trump comes out the winner. Basically, they're both big government, so either way, the more you uh, figure out how to make money from the government by being a government contractor, and that's where Google gets a big chunk of its money from the CIA and so forth, and other government agencies. That's where a lot of software companies and um, the um, even my favorite new companies like D-Wave um, that are, you know, get money from selling their quantum computers to government organizations. And so, either way, um, government's uh, growing. So that's well, one of the top ways. Most, one of the most uh, underlooked, under um, ignored uh, ways is companies that make money f from selling to the government. That was, you know, one of Microsoft's biggest customers was the U.S. government. It's one of the things that turned Microsoft and other companies into big, uh, very profitable companies. So, um, what else? If you look at the L.A. Loft blog, I have talked about how to turn a economic depression into lots of money. I'm going to be doing another article on that just to refresh and update people on what is happening right now. Uh, Bitcoin has gone up quite a bit. Uh, as you know, I have, I'm telling people about Bitcoin since it was under $100. And uh, one guy who I think um, more people should watch uh, 
his uh, show and his company is called uh, The Dollar Vigilante. His name's Jeff Berwick. And you know when someone is really good when they have a huge following and then they get banned from YouTube uh, for being too um, powerful and uh, the censors are censoring so many people, especially conservatives and Republicans and libertarians and lots of other people um, to and preventing them from free speech and uh, the majority of them these days are pretty harmless they're, they're, uh, the majority of it is political speech so that is very insidious the amount of censorship of political speech that's going on and uh, they have uh, been vastly banning um, conservative voices and doing very little banning of liberal voices, uh, no matter how hateful the liberals are. It's very hard for them to get banned from, uh, and no matter what they say, that has nothing to do with reality. It's still diff- Whereas um, conservatives are required to have facts that happen to match up with uh, with what the liberal media wants, which is illogical. Obviously, conservatives and liberals are not going to be coming up with the same set of facts. They have a different foundation for what's factual, what's not, and what's opinion. And by the way, any time someone says that they know the facts or that independent fact-checkers know the facts, that is absolutely incorrect. There is no such thing as facts. Facts are only uh, some data uh, like two plus two equals four that most people, the vast majority of people will agree on. That's the only thing you can call a fact. If it's not something simple, straightforward data that nearly everybody agrees on, it, then it's not a fact. So a lot of the things that they say are facts or not facts, and then they do research on it. And then they just get someone else's opinion on it, and then they call it a fact. Oh, we found this, uh, we checked this other person's opinion, and they uh, disagreed with you. Therefore, you are in a non-factual, you are banned from f- free speech. So, that along, uh, that's probably the, uh, our... Well, that is our number one problem because I was going to say our number one problem is the uh, virus fraud that's going on. But the virus fraud is being perpetuated by uh, the same liberal um, politicians and liberal media banding together uh, because they believe that they're going to politically benefit uh, by exaggeration and uh, fomenting hysteria. So that's, um, those are really the biggest issues in the world right now. And um, what that has to do with real estate has quite a bit because it affects, it's affecting every industry, uh, especially real estate. And even worse than affecting real estate, it's affecting, you know, a lot of other industries, travel, tourism, uh, retail, and uh, just a whole bunch of other entertainment um, I mean, just tons of industries that I, 
don't have a complete list, but I'm sure those go on and on. So that's why the economy is going to get worse than rather than better for the most part. So any positive news, it's because it's taking two steps down and one step up. And then Trump and other whoever else can claim credit will say, oh, we just something just improved dramatically because it went down, uh, you know, five steps and it came up two steps two huge steps up after it went down five giant enormous steps or 10 or 20. So um, that's the real situation with the economy, just so everybody knows. Very few people have studied, studied economics as much as I have for as, and observed it and studied it for as long. So the um, that's what's happening with the economy. People should be expecting, yeah, you're going to have steps up. You're also going to have always silver linings in the cloud. The stormiest clouds, perhaps, in recent, in modern economic history, they're going to have um, very substantial silver linings. So people must be on the lookout for those silver linings and grab as much of their share as they can. There's going to be more lemons than ever. Life is going to be giving more people more lemons than ever before, but they're going to be able to make uh, more lemonade out of those lemons than ever before. So I'll be ta- I've talked a lot about those things previously, and I'll be talking more about those in the future. I mentioned Bitcoin. Real estate is a great hedge against inflation since we have a Fed who said they're going to do unlimited quantitative easing and unlimited electronic money printing. Uh, That's going to create tremendous inflationary pressure. It already has. That's why a case of paper towels, I just, is now over $40. Uh, Lumber, just two by fours that you need to build houses and build just about anything. Went from like $4 to like $12. Um, And a tremendous uh, number of other things have gone up in price. And then any, anywhere you see shortages, that's uh, inflationary upward price pressure. Shortage is about all about supply and demand. And guess what else is about supply and demand? Price. Shortage and price are linked directly. Uh, shortages means that there is direct, tremendous uh, upward price pressure, infl- tremendous inflationary pressure on the on the price of whatever whatever there's a shortage of and then if there's another shortage like right now we're having another shortage of um, toilet paper and so forth maybe to a lesser extent than before but it's, so we're talking about just higher and higher prices just higher and higher toilet paper prices people have done I think relatively not enough complaining about some things. Um, the average person is not complaining enough about the virus fraud. I think it's because it's difficult for the average person to understand. Like almost nobody can even comprehend or even care about like a real pandemic in history only, I'm sure less than 50% of the population really pays close attention to history, but 
One of the most truest thing about that is that those who do not learn from history are condemned to repeat it. And not all of history is good. Part of history has people dying unnecessarily by the millions. People throughout history have died by the hundreds, by the thousands, by the tens of thousands. People died by the hundreds of thousands. People have died by the millions. And people have died by the tens of millions. So as they're screaming about people are cases, cases, cases to try to scare people because the death rate has uh, gone down by most measures. And cases, cases, cases because they just figured out that's how they can scare people the most because the average person doesn't even know that case, they just think cases means that you're going to die. Um, which is extremely far from the truth. Most people do not come anywhere close to dying. And then the latest information, and most people are ignoring all this stuff. They're like, oh, we got to just listen to what the news media and government tells us what to do. Otherwise, everything else is a, just a conspiracy theory. Everything else is debunked. Uh, no. <laughs> It's been in the history books for a long, long time. The Black Death of 1350, the year 1350, Black Death that killed 32% of Europe. So basically one-third of Europe. So basically a family of three, the average family of three had one person die during that. That's a real pandemic where... You got a family of three, and one of chances are one of them is going to die. That's a real pandemic. And so, versus our pandemic, you got a family of three, and there's close to a zero percent chance that any of them are going to die. So, or you have one person, and they got a thirty-two percent chance of dying in Europe in the year 1350 from the Black Death and you got one person and they have very close to a 0% chance of dying from the mostly fraudulent plague of 2020. So that's, it's, it's simple things, it's easy to understand. A real plague, a real serious pandemic has uh, kills 32% of the population. The fraudulent pandemic, such as ours, kills uh, close, to, very close to 0%, much, much less than 1%. So those numbers are pretty easy to understand, and that's what the news media should be explaining, and they are not only they're not explaining it, the news media is, is specifically avoiding these facts that could alleviate the hysteria because they have a vested interest in creating hysteria to the maximum extent. And anyone who knows news, like I do, because I've produced news for TV and radio, if it bleeds, it leads. Have you heard that before? If it bleeds, it leads. What that means is if something is 
violent or shocking or dangerous, then they put that as the lead story, the first, the main story, and the first story on the news. And they repeat it, they leave it on the longest, they promote it the most, and they promote it over and over, and they repeat it the most. So that includes um, anything deadly or anything that might scare people like deadly things scare people. So, and then the, the politicians are the same, especially the liberal politicians. They gain more benefit by scaring people because they're offering, especially the liberals and Democrats and progressives, they're peddling hysteria because they're also peddling the cure for the hysteria, which is free medical, uh, free welfare money, free handouts, free stuff, free um, security, government inspectors, health inspectors, building inspectors, uh, and all the, all the assortment of stuff that the government offers. So there's no conspiracy required. These things happen automatically because people have a vested interest in doing certain things. And that's called corruption. When people have a vested interest in doing the wrong thing, that's called corruption. So socialism is inherently corrupt. Crony capitalism is one facet that's inherently corrupt, but free enterprise that's enforced uh, for, you know, to maintain free enterprise and uh, fair trade is less corrupt. By the way, everything humans do is corrupt. It's just a matter of limiting it and obtaining the most good for the most people. And we just know that freedom with smaller government, with less government interference and more empowerment of individuals, families, and small businesses uh, just provides the most good for the most people. Allowing people to make their own decisions, allowing people to make their, their own decisions on who they want their doctor to be, uh, how they want, who they want to get their insurance from, and if they want to get insurance or not. Those are all things that create the greater good because there's nobody that's 3,000 miles away from you who has never met you in their life that is going to be able to make your decisions for you better than you can make for yourself if you're uh, an experienced adult. And if you're not an experienced adult, no one 3,000 miles away is going to be able to make a better choice decisions for you than your parents. So, it's getting back to uh, what else we're we going to be talking about in the future. I was going to talk about Douglas Lofts. We just showed a Douglas Loft penthouse today. And that prospective renter is not the greatest prospective renter. Uh, 
I'm sure he's a fine person, but as far as using his time and other people's time, there is room for improvement. He's looked at a dozen places. Usually it's optimal to look, at, when you're looking to rent a place, to look at three to seven places. Three if you are a quick and dirty type of person, seven places if you are a thorough person. So he's looked at uh, more than a dozen already, and he wants to just keep right on going. So um, that's great if he doesn't have to uh, work a tremendous amount. He's able to enjoy looking at these rentals. Um, and I'm willing to show him, you know, 10, 20, 30 places. Once you reach 30, you reach about a 0% chance of, of renting any place anytime soon. So once you go over seven, you actually start to go down in um, finding a place that, that you like uh, anytime soon. So once you get, and also by the way that he uh, treats the appointments and the communication is, uh, I've seen worse, but uh, certainly is, does not get an A on, on uh, seriousness. So the answer, the solution, you know, I think that helps people to know. Uh, if you want something quick and dirty, you should still try to look at at least three different places if possible, because when you look at three, it helps you triangulate, and you get a, a kind of a more full sense of direction of what you like and don't like. Whereas if you look at one or two, that can sometimes work, but then you really don't have a sense of bearing and comparison uh, to know really how good is that place compared to other possibilities. When you look at three places and you like quick and dirty, then you have, uh, it's, it's the number three is a magic number for a lot of things in nature, science and math, and for real estate, for looking at places. So if you look at three places and then you choose one, like strawberry, vanilla, chocolate, it gives you a really good uh, substantial chance of success and also it gives you the choices, the number of choices that is very optimal and efficient. Then you look at seven, if you're a very thorough person and you look at five, six, seven different properties, whether you're buying or renting. Um, and if you're buying, then looking at seven properties, maybe even a couple more uh, could make sense, but still going to be around seven, whether you're renting or buying, if, if you want to be very thorough. Uh, if you're renting four or five, there's probably plenty to look at for most people. And uh, some people um, looking at real estate can, can be interesting and entertaining and and uh, very um, and educational. So always encourage people to do that. 
Um, but I'm here to educate a specific type of person, which is someone who wants to uh, buy or rent or sell or lease out a place. So I'm not here just as an educator. <laughs> uh, Google is better for just educating and teachers. So, um, so what else? Is that it? That's pretty much all there is to talk about today. So, I certainly do not discourage people from looking at a dozen or uh, more. There's a little bit of a more difficulty at right now at this very time period because uh, open houses are not legal at the moment. Just one of a zillion, trillion ways that uh, the fraud... The virus fraud uh, damages the economy, damages people's lives, and America is founded on, not on safety, it's founded on freedom. <laughs> you got some friends, huh? <laughs> you take off your leash and play with your friends? Hello. Oh, there's more friends. Here. Take off your leash. You can play with your friends. Hello. Nice, cute little friends. Hi, sweetie. Oh, you got some nice little friends, huh? You got some friendly little friends. You got some friendly little friends. Oh, he's, oh look, he likes to be a friend, huh? He's a good boy. Oh, I want to play. Yeah, I want to play. He's just a fun puppy. He's a good boy. Hello. Yeah, I want to play. <laughs> These are fun puppies. They're fun puppies. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Oh, I think that concludes our chat. We got uh, distracted by one, two, three, four or more dogs. So uh, thanks for listening. As I mentioned earlier, a property information packet is available on any loft, condo, or house, or a private preview is available upon request. Call 213-880-9910. I'm Corey Chambers in Los Angeles. Your home sold, guaranteed, or I'll buy it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again real soon. Bye-bye.